My name is Maya, and this week I love the OC because Anna Stern is canonically a lesbian, as evidenced by her effortless 100,000-point skee-ball score. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Dan, and this week I love the OC because just like Ryan, I'm very scared of heights, and this episode made me feel seen. My name is Curbs, and this week I love the OC because apparently you don't have to wear a sports bra for Lit Meg. (laughs) And my name is Mark, and this week I love the OC because Seth Cohen's shoes are full of piss. (laughs) (laughs) Both of them. We all really liked this episode. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. The OC has not stopped being a great show. I know we no. say this every week that like we love the OC, and I feel like at some point, maybe around season three, we're going to have to start justifying that. There's no justification necessary here. This is like very good television. At this point, you know, we're roughly about a third of the, only a third of the way through <laughs> season one, but like a big shift in format like that where it goes from summer, where it's just people doing shit all the time, to like a scheduled day, like mm-hmm. both like the work day for Sandy and Kirsten and school for the kids, like it could really have gone south and it does not stop once. Here's the thing, a lot of teen dramas, like whether it's like Glee, whether it's like Riverdale, whether it's like Dawson's Creek, a lot of them will choose to start at the beginning of a school year. And that's because TV shows typically run fall to spring, right? Mm-hmm. This then, TV show fucking started in summer. So then by the time like the actual fall started, we got into school, but we already knew who these characters were, right? Yeah. At Glee, it's like everything is centered around the school year. In this, it's like, these are the characters. This is fucked up. And then it's like, hey, wait, let's throw them in a high school. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, like, wait, we're in a Petri dish now? Like, great, I'm in. I care about everyone. <laughs> so, so far, the DVD uh, writing has been fucking rocking. Oh. Yeah, we don't really even need to be oh. doing this podcast. No, we should just read it, and it's like a two-second-long podcast. I hear that Josh Schwartz individually hand-wrote each DVD booklet <laughs> yeah. for every copy. Yeah, it's really good handwriting. It works like typing, but yeah. I heard that too. Um, It's actually typewritten. This one is excellent. Episode 9, The Heights. Calculus, AP English, History, The Ways of the Human Heart. Not everything learned at Harbor High is on the schedule of classes. The Cohen Casa is a house divided when Sandy takes an environmental case against Kirsten's father. Is it too late to change our podcast name to The Cohen Casa? (laughs) Uh, No, I am dead serious Um, about this. I actually had a different one from the episode as well. That is very good. Not all the things learned at Harbor School are official subjects. The ways of the human heart. Uh, So this episode's called The Heights. Great episode title. God, all the episode titles are rocking because it's always like, it could be referring to anything. And it really, really can. So we get to breakfast at the Cohen Casa. Seth tries out uh, a silent look towards uh, Kirsten Cohen. Does not go well. She calls it cute. Dad comes in with a... Correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's a Negro League T-shirt, right? It's the Brooklyn Negro League team, the like black Yankees, right? Wasn't really? that what they were called? Yeah. Regardless, he gives mad props, son, when he comes in to how cute his son looks. Gives him the double dab on the heart. Seth is very embarrassed. Ryan comes in. It is a Ryan day. Ryan gives looks to everyone uh, to convey a whole message. Seth is bewildered. 
by the looks that Ryan is giving everyone because Seth does not have a full grasp on this yet. Um, the only one he doesn't really dismiss is Kirsten. He actually talks to her for a second and then gives an immediate dismissive look to Seth. So things are going really well. We get a very lovely uh, parallel uh, orange juice pour uh, mm-hmm. as Ryan is pouring. Then all of a sudden, uh, and Ryan is Ryan is obviously nervous for his first day at, at a private school, so he is like pouring that OJ like it's bourbon. Yeah. Also, if you notice, the OJ brand for him is a little bit higher class than the OJ brand in the uh, Jimmy Cooper household uh, apartment. Jimmy Cooper is going to go out and buy a cookbook, so he'll learn more about that. Yeah. So Marissa, Summer, Summer decides to go to Marissa's house for breakfast, which bad in hindsight, I suppose, for her. Again, Mar- Marissa's like really like not looking forward to school either. Summer says to her, of course, there's no such thing as bad publicity, which is <laughs> her just trying to be a good friend, but man... Jimmy rolls up with some burnt-ass French toast. He made it in the oven? He ovens French toast, which I guess wouldn't be bad. Here's my question. How does it burn that badly in the oven? You you forget about it. Before, yes, that's the thing. You have to not be looking, right? When did he start cooking? Jimmy owns a kitchen timer. I don't think so. Do you think he started at like 4 a.m.? It's gotta be 7.30 at the latest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, it's just like it's just like he popped the French toast in the oven. At Does 4 a.m. Doesn't yeah, have it kept distracted yeah. for three hours. Yeah, when took a shower. Do you think he even what? put eggs in it, or do you think it just put toast in the oven <laughs> and it to be French? I like that Summer immediately, like, she wasn't even like, oh, I'm going to not do like this. this. Yeah, no. I don't, I mean, she's like, what the fuck, Jimmy Cooper? <laughs> I don't know who I'm more worried about right now. She continually has had just, like, animosity. What, yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, I love it. That's Which great. is good, because, again, she's saying what we're all thinking about Jimmy Cooper. But, yeah, we get Jimmy Cooper saying, I think it's safe to say this year is going to be different. And then we get an immediate cut to Kirsten saying, this year's going to be different. Um, <laughs> Maybe it'll be better. <laughs> um, and they, they're all kind of trying to talk themselves into the fact that this year's going to be better than before. But it's, but it's also just like, just Kirsten and Sandy, like, very subtly owning their son. Just like, <laughs> wow, you're really bad at high school. Everything is terrible. Well, and that's why Seth Cohen does the, like, whatever, you know, don't be careful of their <laughs> in one of your shoes. The whole family's in the kitchen and everything is like, you know, like everyone's like trying to talk themselves into it and then Ryan, the pragmatic voice, says we're doomed. Cue to the opening credits. <laughs> we go to school. Still still no title card for Rachel Bilson. Yeah, yeah. by the way, that's, that's got to change. Guessing Rachel Just Bilson and Samara Armstrong like right next to each other. Do you think it was intentional that they put Summer before Anna in the guest starring section yeah so we're in school and Seth and Ryan are just kind of like you know again we're trying to get themselves like amped up to be at school it's not working Uh, we get Ryan saying this is a nightmare parallelism to Marissa saying this is a nightmare Uh, and Summer trying to talk her up into this school situation Summer wearing the brightest orange t-shirt yeah possible it's it's a lot it didn't work (laughs) she also has a cute scarf in her hair I liked that I couldn't see it I was too blind like the deuce no but uh, so they pass these people right again like maybe nobody really knows about that and then these two I'm going to say 30-year-old women. They, <laughs> they look very old. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, they blew their budget on the main cast yeah. in terms of casting young people. They couldn't afford any more teens. Um, and then that, they start talking, and, uh, you know, Summer does what she does best and just immediately goes to bat. Hey, whores! <laughs> just like, 
<laughs> Bang. Like, okay. So, uh, you know, things are bad, but then, oh, they run into each other. And every single time that uh, Ryan and Marissa meet each other, like, my heart is, is very full, you know? It feels like they're meant to run into each other, and you can tell that they're all kind of giddy about it. Yeah, yeah and it's cute. Seth and Summer are, are not necessarily at this point yet meant to be. Here's my question for you guys. Ryan just took that test, and his first suggestion to Marissa is to leave and skip school. He's like, hey, you want to get out of here? <laughs> like... <laughs> What do you, what do you think? He, the first day, you're not going to learn anything. Yeah, no, and it's also syllabus day. Like when I have a rough day, I I, I come home to my girlfriend. And I'm just like, let's go to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know they they can't skip because she has this thing to do. But then Ryan's like, well, skip that at least, and something mm-hmm. to look forward to. Extracurriculars. Right? Enter Luke. Luke is always Luke always enters a scene at the exact moment you don't want Luke to enter a scene. And he's always got that stupid look on his face. Like he's like about to apologize, but also taking a shit. <laughs> I call that the toxic masculinity face, where he's feeling thoughts that he's not supposed to feel. But yeah, no, Summer, uh, Summer's an immediately another, just like she's just right there. She's like, hey, go away. Her commitment to hating Luke is phenomenal. And, and just really, just in the Summer is a good friend category. Yes, yes. Just like, because having to run interference for your friend all day has got to be exhausting. Yeah. And she does it with glee. Yeah. She's just right there. With people that used fire. to ostensibly be her friends, too. Oh, yeah. And she's just like, bye. No, she's just ready. I'm on Marissa. That's That's a pretty fucking good friend when yeah. she's just like, I'm going to go to bed for you at all times. And Marissa skirts around Luke and runs into Ryan again somehow. Like, it's a double run-in uh, because they are like have magnets in their faces, apparently. Yep. And then Marissa does the parallel, something to look forward to. I'm pretty sure Marissa is wearing a choker in this scene. Oh! <gasps> That's it's like, where it went. It's like it's like a <laughs> ribbon with a pearl on it, but it's definitely a like very fitted necklace, if not a choker. Good for her. Yeah. Good good for her. Keeping that torch alive. <laughs> yeah. Later um, in the episode we see that Ryan is wearing like a leather wristwatch on his left hand and a, and a thick leather, leather cuff on, leather his cuff right. on the he's right. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's gotten bigger. <laughs> it looks he's, so bad. <laughs> he's pulling the double cuffs, but one has a watch now. He's he's <laughs> learning, he's growing. So we cut to Sandy and Kirsten. Uh mornings used to be our time. Kirsten kind of being territorial is weird for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, I get it, right? Like, whatever. But I feel like if Sandy says uh, attractive coworker about Rachel, I feel like maybe sexy time does stop. Like, I know they pause for a moment, but I don't know. Like, I guess they love each other deeply and they've been together for 17 years. I don't totally buy it either. And sort of like a, I don't think anyone thinks Kirsten is like bullshit insecure about her relationship. She's strong. She she trusts him. And because we don't have any of the backstory of what potentially could have happened between Sandy and Rachel, it feels like weird in that way where like Skylar on Breaking Bad, like she kind of becomes like the bitch character. Sure. When you, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's weird. It's well, weird. Another thing that's weird is like, she might have a point. We don't know because we don't know the backstory. So like we actually don't really know like if these weird actions she's taking are actually justified or not. I feel like I'm not, maybe don't have all the facts, but Either way, it's just really strange and out of character Definitely, for a moment. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if you are making out with your wife and you mention another woman, uh, any other woman, just frankly, say, just like, talk, talk about how you should have gotten an attractive coworker sooner. Sexy times are over. So cell phones getting in the way of their sex, right? They're they're clearly hot and heavy, and then cell phones get in the way. He he very awkwardly tries to get it out of his pockets while she's still on him, which is. 
Again, very weird. And she doesn't um, get off, and he goes, oh, you're going down with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fall on the bed. It is very good and very funny. And then uh, her phone starts ringing, and everything is interrupted. Were you going to say the comment that I'm going to say right now? Let's that see. you think that Kirsten's wearing tan fishnets in this? <laughs> no. I saw that. I saw that. I saw what? that. We're not going to make it through this whole episode because there's so much in this scene alone. I did not notice that. Curbs, do you have any theories? I couldn't believe she was wearing fishnets in general. A, she does not seem like a fishnets type of person. I didn't know they made tan fishnets. <laughs> of course they do. Who would wear that? Like that kind of job that she has, it just seems out of place. I don't know. Also, also the, the mid two thousands were a yeah. fucking hell of a time, though. Can I tell you what I noticed in this scene? Okay. That bed is fully made. They're lying in a bed that's fully made, which means Rosa, Rosa is doing fucking work. That woman is like is literally is a ghost in this house. Like while they were at breakfast, Rosa's not eating breakfast. Rosa's in their room, perfectly make that bed is perfect. And now it's fucking ruined, and Rosa's gonna have to go back in and be She's like, come in and shake like, her head, fucking Mister and Mrs. Fuck. The best thing that could happen to Rosa is they stop having sex in the morning. Yeah, she's now She's morning, excited for now, this. Now mornings are Rosa's time. <laughs> We get a shot of Seth talking to Summer in a stairwell. Enter Anna Stern. Oh, uh, God. She just shows up like a breath of fucking fresh air. So I like, I audibly screamed. I didn't realize that making fun of somebody or whatever it was constitutes talking to somebody, you know. And then Seth's giving the, well, if it doesn't, then we've never had a conversation, <laughs> which is just fucking pure gold. But it's immediately obvious, too, that Anna Stern still has a Seth thing. And then she gives, of course, him the line, girls like to be chased by guys that aren't into them. What do you think that line means? She, she is really just screaming, ask me out, you idiot. <laughs> that is right. That, that think, is the subtext, right? I interpreted it at that point. that I don't think she was really interested in pursuing Seth too much. I think she was still just kind of being cool Anna Stern. Sure. I think she literally meant, like, calm the fuck down. Like, stop fucking humping her leg. Like... But my question really is for you then. So Seth does the train me in the ways of women, right? And she is very reluctant to do it. I don't understand girls like Summer. What's her motivation here? She likes Seth. Like whether or not she's like super, super into him at this point is kind of debatable. I think she is. The real motivation for her in terms of helping him is this boy is pathetic and I don't like looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're not wrong, Dan, but I would go a step further and say that she's still doing the same thing she did at Cotillion, where she's just like, I don't like this place too much, but I'm not a little shit. I'm just going to kind of like just Start get involved. Start fires places? I'm yeah. just going to get involved in like kind of casual ways. I Leave also, my mark. I also think she's like literally as close as this show will ever get to like pure manic pixie dream girl. I think there's a lot of tropes in the way she acts, which are not the most kosher but I love it yeah she never comes across as like sad or she always comes like at least for now and we'll get to this a little bit later but even later on her decisions are very independent so we move on uh, to a Rachel Sandy scene here's my question for you do you think Rachel hired Sandy because she knew how to fucking play him because she plays him all the time very well before she hands him a document she gives him literally the perfect sales pitch then hands him the document and then, like, he has no choice, right? Yeah, she does really good. I think her intentions are still kind of, like, based on this history we don't really know anything about. <laughs> For sure. And, and, and this is the first scene where we kind of get some of that, which is the, what's it going to be, your sex life or the swamp rose? <laughs> we should say, though, that, like, the case she offers him is a case that's, like, entirely something, it's like his dream case. It's, like, saving a wildlife 
space from going against a huge corporation. Who happened? The the development company happens to be. Kirsten Zad's company that Kirsten is like in charge of, basically. And we already know we know their history of being adversarial to each other, her dad and him. Here's my question. Yeah. Is it actually legal to do that? Like, what are the. Well, she said that the client, the Balboa Wetlands Trust or whoever they were waived the conflict of interest. Like, they wanted Sandy, so they were willing to overlook that. But in theory, yeah, it would be. I don't think it's illegal, though. No, it's not illegal, but I think it is. But is is it ethical? It is unethical. I normally. It would get brought up in court too. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But I like the idea that this conservation society knows enough about Sandy Cohen and Sandy Cohen's relationship with his <laughs> father-in-law because they're, they're like they love you for this case. Like like it's totally in line with your politics. You hate your father-in-law and it's like how is that any of your business? Can I tell you? Rachel totally sold them on Sandy. Oh, 100%. Rachel was in that room going, "We have a lawyer for you." Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a nice lovely jump cut to the library where Holly is talking straight shit uh, about such a Marissa bitch. with Marissa in the library. Is that Holly? I can never remember what the fuck oh, she looks that like. That is absolutely oh, it was Holly. Holly. Yes. And here's my thing. Holly's fucking lucky that Summer wasn't in that library or Holly would be fucking Chewing, she would be dead. We would have, she would be dead. We would have a 10 a.m. rage blackout. (laughs) The earrings would be on the ground, hair would be pulled. Like, she's talking shit in front of Marissa, and Marissa, like, can't, like, she tries to, like, get as small as she can. But she's already too small. (laughs) She's already so small. So, uh, Luke and Ryan have a class together. They have just an awkward moment in this class, and then we get another cut to Dr. Kim talking uh, to Marissa about her future. I thought this scene was weird. Like we enter into the middle of this conversation, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Marissa had come to Dr. Kim saying, "I don't want to be a part of the social chair." Is that what it's called? Yeah, she's like the social chair. Of, she's yeah, like, "I don't want to do that because I have a lot going on." And Dr. Kim's response to that is, I think, really fucking horrible. Apparently, if you're social chair, you get elected and you have to do it the entire four years because she says <laughs> you were elected and you've ha- held this position for two years. Like she's like. She's angry at Marissa that Marissa doesn't want to do this right now after she just tried to kill herself. Like, what the fuck? This brings up a point that I had, which was, how popular of a freshman do you need to be to be appointed Newport, like, Harbor School's social chair? I'll tell you. Freshman year of high school. Drinking a lot of vodka in your spare time (laughs) with that kind of pressure. Or Julie Cooper fucking rigged it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I think is actually probably the answer. Two things can be true. Yeah, both, both can be true. Anna and Seth are on the lit mag now. I want to read that lit mag. Can we read? Seth is yeah. pulling, he's got a few limericks he's ready to publish. And and Seth gives the line, school might not suck this year. That like, is the happiest thing <laughs> Seth has ever said. That's the happiest yeah. thing anyone has ever said about school in this episode. But uh, Ryan feels left out, you can tell. And then Marissa comes over, and in fact she's going to stay on this thing, and she's not going to be skipping, and it'll be a little bit later, and once <laughs> again Ryan feels left out. such a little wuss out. about it. He's like, oh, uh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, and we also learn right now that he hates heights. And another key factor, he is behind on summer reading and has apparently 500 years of summer reading to catch up on, which leads me to my next point, which is I'm guessing that their their class had read uh, A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn because <laughs> that is the only book that you can read over a summer that I had to read over a summer that is about 500 years of history long, and it is 
it's good, but when you're a student, it's dry as fuck. No, no, no. There, there's no way they're reading people's history. Not uh, not in an Orange County private high school. I was school. wondering if anyone noticed what book, book he was reading. Yeah, it's a bad, they burn it every year. That didn't, it didn't look like the cover of that, but I was I couldn't make out what he was like. Like, reading. they're reading, like, like Rush Limbaugh's, like, A Patriot's History of the United States. <laughs> it's the counter-argument. Yeah. I can guarantee that, like, as edgy as they get is, like, John Steinbeck. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the next day. Sandy, apparently, last night when coming in, avoided Kirsten. Apparently, maybe he was at work late working on this case, or maybe he was at work late to try to avoid his wife. And Two things can be true. He even kind of skirts her this morning. Like, he, you can see in his eyes, like, he knows he's fucked. Like, so she doesn't know at this point. She doesn't know that it's that it's his case. She knows that she's being called in for, like, an emergency thing with her father, which is the perfect opening for him to be kind of truthful and honest with her. But instead... He knows he's fucked and just kind of lets it sit there for a while. Uh, this is where we get Ryan's lovely man bracelet and watch. Uh, mm-hmm. He is double strapped, uh, <laughs> d- double, and man, it's good. And, and then Ryan does the everybody's got something but me in a in a great conversation with Sandy Cohen, uh, to which he says, you know, well, what about Seth? Well, Seth's got his women. Seth Cohen. Uh, yeah. Seth Cohen. See, Sandy's response to this is just pure comic gold. Just, <laughs> it really it's confusion. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's he can't so get off, he can't move past it. He's so confused, and like you can see his like brain trying to work through it. And he's like Seth Cohen because <laughs> he does try to move on and then goes and he back. comes back to it. And then when Seth enters the room, he calls him Don Juan. I don't know if you guys noticed <laughs> that. Did. It's great dad, great dad moment. But if you're if you're Seth Cohen, you are very very used to walking into a room and having your dad say call you something that makes absolutely no sense to you. <laughs> I love uh, that this scene for a moment just because it's it's Seth and Sandy trying to come up with an extracurricular activity for Ryan, and <laughs> Sandy goes with archery and fencing, which are two. Excellent options. Like, they're really trying to, their thought is, we need to prepare him to be a medieval warrior. Yeah, and... uh, Seth says, what century are you talking about, Seth? And then we discover that Seth, at one point in life, quote, wanted to play soccer, to which Ryan says, well, I used to play soccer, and now Ryan plays soccer. So here's a question I have for you guys. What does Jimmy Cooper do every day? Because this guy has never stopped being in pajamas and eating things in this he, house. Counter question for you. How does he have a two-floor condo and Marissa's sleeping on the couch? Because <laughs> he doesn't have a second bed yet? You gotta remember that he rented this place when he was convinced he was never gonna see his kids again. That's true. Um, he bought a bachelor pad. Could he, could he not have bought a furnished bachelor pad? Mm, no. No, you're right. There definitely should be a bed for her. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like yeah. as soon as he finds out she's going to move in with him, you buy a bed. Yeah. Or you know she- what? Jimmy Cooper also doesn't have his shit together in oh, dad-related <laughs> things ever. So. Um, okay, like, except, except. Except for this scene when, uh, knock, knock, who's there? It's the telephone, people. I don't have a phone yet. Um, and then it Remember is, landlines? as always. <laughs> It's always Luke. Luke is yeah. always at the door. And Luke has got the, the, the shit grin. Luke, you'd you'd Luke, rather seem Comcast than Luke. Luke. He's, got a, he's got a shit-taking grin. As much yeah. as much of as much as Luke is in like in the proverbial doghouse, he's like, hey, look, it's somebody I can commiserate with for a moment. But he cannot because Jimmy is not having any of his shit this whatsoever. Is- this is the best Jimmy Cooper has ever been. Jimmy Cooper got a point from me for the first time in like months, and I think. Probably the best he will be. Yeah, yeah. I this, don't I can't say, but I'm just I'm guessing. 
this has to be his high point. <laughs> Let's wait till he gets a boat. The cards were really stacked in his favor to do the right thing here. It's like, bad man hurt daughter. Bad man show up at door, want to see daughter. Daughter behind man. Oh, there's no second Hiding in corner. Oh, yeah. Like, what to do? Don't let her in. And we're all like, what a man. That's <laughs> how low the bar is. That's how low the bar is. No, I'm, yeah, I'm just, say, I'm just saying, like, I was totally... I Wait. was totally rooting for Jimmy when I first saw that, and then reality sunk yeah. in a little bit. Because uh, I wouldn't put it past Jimmy to completely fuck it up. Oh no, a hundred percent. And and I mean again, the reason does. the reason that he got a point for me is because the last line is very great, which is that what can I do? You can leave. <laughs> it's, but it's sudden that Jimmy Cooper like kind of aloofness still, which I was like, okay. Like there's apparently a, a, a way where your tone isn't the worst thing in a scene. And this is also like great acting by whatever dude plays Luke, whose name I can never remember. His face changes shape many times. Because he is so thrown off by the fact that he's not able to just walk past Jimmy Cooper and into this house. He was walking up and he was just like, Jimmy, no problem. <laughs> Yeah. He was already thinking past that to what he was going to say. What he was going to say to Marissa, and he had no chance. Did Luke to say bring it. anything with him, like food or coffee? No. He no. really should have brought yeah, coffee should've. or something. Yeah, or a phone connection. Um, <laughs> I work for Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hundred. Here's the thing. That's not fan fiction. Luke works at Comcast now. That's his job. He's an Xfinity like enter person. Like that's all he does. I bet he wears shorts to work. <laughs> Every day. Really short ones, though. The next note I have on my thing is, God, Marissa and Ryan look so in love every time they see each other. Uh, when, when, what are they, where are they? So this is the one where uh, she's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, maybe, you know, I'll see you later. And he goes, well, I do have soccer. And then oh, she's like, right. oh, they get out at the same time. And I'm trying to figure out whether, you know, funnel cakes or cotton candy. He's like, definitely cotton candy. And she's like, my thoughts exactly. And it's like this like really weird flirtatious thing around cotton candy. Gotta tell you guys, I'm into it. I, I like cotton candy. I gotta say, I disagree. I would prefer a funnel cake. Yeah, why do, why do they only get one? There's only like one concession. Like, <laughs> Look, they had to spring for multiple rides. Maybe apparently. it was one like, maybe they're like, well, we have hot dogs or we have this, we have sure, that's like the, and we have like one more like sweet thing. Yeah, that we choose. can get. We They have like an ice cream like Sunday station, but the, the, the carnies who run the cotton candy and run the funnel cake concessions will not be at the same carnival. <laughs> like a so Romeo and Juliet. order on each yeah. other. So, cut to science class. Mm. Seth is going in and he asks Anna to kind of like, hey, is anybody sitting here? Now there is, meaning it's him. And just before he sits, enter Summer. I just gotta say, Anna's eyes in this whole scene are perfect. Everything she looks at, every expression, her not even her face, just her eyes make Incredible. She also has a beautiful face that is not difficult to look at. No, yeah. It's, She's wearing it's, a very nice blouse as well. 100%. Uh-huh. And again, when Seth is like, oh, you can sit here, Summer, and then Summer sit. First of all, what's Seth thinking in that moment? Seth's an idiot. Here? Yeah. Like, he's not looking for an empty table that potentially the two of them could sit at. No, he's fully bought into this Anna Stern, like, is my mentor guide thing. So apparently she gets to sit next to Summer now. <laughs> this is when you start going, okay, maybe she actually really, really, really does have something for him because I'm sorry, like, you don't really ask somebody to sit right next to you on a chair that close. And, and she also gives him the sit and he sits like a dog and just gets on right on in there. It's because she's the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha's turn, man. Oh, she's God. using her calm assertive energy to Oh, 100%. And Seth sits down and immediately 
Tahiti. Like, it's just like, it's very just like, we forgot to talk about Tahiti. Oh my God, I love this little thing that happened. The, yes, because she's like, oh yeah, she, she totally uh, was on this boat and sailed to Tahiti. And Summer's line, sailing is like, so not the fastest way to get anywhere. Is such a good, just summerism. It's so good. And, to which it's like, you know, you could have gotten there faster by plane. And then she's like, you should be on debate team. Oh, Alpha Stern. Oh. Alpha Stern. Summer, because Summer doesn't know what to say, and she's trying to, like, come at her, and she can't. She's outmatched by Pittsburgh. Kirsten is pissed. Throws a bag of food <laughs> into Sandy. She, like, still buys him lunch. Um, so I have a question for everyone, which is, who is in the right here? Kirsten. Kirsten. Because... He shouldn't have taken the case without talking to her first. That's the only reason, though. He right? should have called her the second he that had it was the opportunity offered. to talk but to her. To me, her saying there is no case is a little disingenuous, right? Right. I feel like she's just been in this meeting with like all of her coworkers who are probably a lot less sure. conscious of that. And so she's kind of like hyped up on that still. And then Sandy's like, you know, like it will increase. I still feel like blah. it's it's really okay to expect your partner to not take a case like that that totally destroys. Yeah. Like, like aside, like all of the the little things aside, like how she would have acted in character, like it just seems like if your wife says, Don't do this thing that's gonna ruin my company and is really unethical for everyone involved, you're like, you're right. And then she gives him the, well, as long as you're comfortable line. And it's like, damn, Kirsten, that's a good point. All right. And she leaves. Cut to soccer practice. Here's my statement. So Ryan is trying out for a soccer team, yes? Yes. And he says, what position are you trying out for, says the coach. And Ryan says, striker. I don't know if you guys know anything about like strikers. Strikers are basically Luke. Luke is a perfect striker. Luke is tall. Luke is fast. Luke is strong. Ryan is not as tall as Luke. Ryan is about as tall as you'd want to be for like a center mid or like a midfielder, right? Somebody who's a little bit shorter, probably faster than Luke a little bit, but in general, you want a tall striker because those that's a person who's going to head a ball in a direction you want. Here's the other thing. The coach says, he's our striker, meaning they have one. Here's my statement. Even if you're in a formation that calls for one striker and all formations call for at least one, if not two, you need to have a backup. Like, <laughs> what is this coach doing? Like, team. we have one on our team, and it's him, and we trust him so much, even though yes. apparently he has a pre existing ankle thing. We trust him enough. Also, Luke got shot yeah. like a minute ago. I, that, that was my big thing. It's like, this team lives or dies but on the physical well being of this young man who got shot. When, hey, when, when Luke, in when the Luke arm. Gets, it's not basketball, it's soccer. You can't use your arms in soccer. No, when Luke winds, when they're like, when they, he's like, get in position for the thing and Luke kind of like winds up his stance and he, he moves his arm back. I'm like, bitch, that cannot feel good. Yeah. And I'll also say, it's a pretty ballsy move by Ryan to try out for strikers, so I don't mind that necessarily. In high school soccer, <laughs> do you really try out for a specific position, or do you just sort of run the drills hey. and the coach is like, here's where I'm going to use The her. Harbor School Pirates take their shit seriously. Um, also, they're having soccer tryouts after school started? Yeah. Like, wouldn't they have them in the summer? They would. We'll get back to that later. Did uh, they lose their other striker? Did the, he get shot too? <laughs> the, the, he got shot in the leg. In the leg. <laughs> all the, all the noobsies. Donnie's on a run. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem with having anything happen during the summer with these students is that uh, you can't because... They're the, all drunk. It, well, they're all drunk. <laughs> they're all drunk, and there is an important social engagement roughly every 18 hours. Yeah, so there's no time. We cut to the end of the the social chairing of this social committee. A Luke comes into the scene. It's after practice, right? Soccer practice. He has come without showering or changing, as evidenced by 
all of this going on on his he's face. He's a really sweaty man. He's a really sweaty I, man. I think it's because he's like, I gotta catch her. Yeah, if uh-huh. I shower, she will oh, disappear. A hundred percent. He comes in very sweaty. Uh, they start their kind of awkward, desperate conversation. He's trying really hard. Here's the thing. One and a half minutes later, Ryan comes in. Ryan is completely showered and completely changed. Here's my thought. That's Chino. Two things. One, yeah, maybe it's Chino. He doesn't sweat. Two, maybe Luke was scrolling the whole school trying to find her. Maybe Luke took way longer to find Marissa <laughs> than he Well, thought. Ryan does know where exactly. Exactly. Ryan That's knows exactly fair. where to meet her. Luke is no longer in the loop. Luke man crying got him a point from me. It was actually pretty vulnerable for once, even though, again, he's a complete dickhole. I get that. And Marissa got a bunch of points because oh, yeah. she's advocating yeah. for herself in a pretty great way. And she's mm-hmm. basically letting him know what the score is. He says the thing sort of towards the end where he's like, I loved you. Da 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 cry cry da 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 I still love you yeah. and then she responds by saying she reacts to that like she looks him in the eye and then she's like you know the worst part is if I hadn't caught you I'd still love you too oh which is so bang, good bang, bang 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 oh she's good she's on fire this is like she went saying for a second and she's just like no uh, but <laughs> emotional super <sad>. unfortunately. <laughs> Ryan left before that last line because if if he had been there, I'm, I'm assuming he would have run in and high fived her, and then they would have walked out uh, together. And how much could he actually hear? I think he couldn't hear it. Yeah. He's like, it looked like they were getting back together. So he's, I think he, really- I think he heard him say, "I love you." I think when he got closest to the door, because we could hear a muffled version of okay. "I like I still love you," and then immediately he's gone, and the door is closing as Marissa leaves the meeting room. So we cut to. Kirsten v. Sandy, they're on the front page of the paper. Actually, it's the front page of the business section of the paper. It's not actually the whole front page yeah, of the paper. Yeah, yeah. I had a moment where I was like, Kirsten, get over yourself. It's, it's not front page news. Hey, any publicity is good publicity. Well, is it if the, if the, by the way, I, I don't know how many of you did this. Did you all pause it to read the article? Yeah. Great. No. Yeah. The headline was The Heights Reaches New Lows as Hubby Attorney Takes on Wife. And father-in-law's company. Written by Josh fucking Schwartz. That sounds like sure. a bad version of when on Parks and Rec, Leslie will be like, you know, blah, 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 and she'll come up with a really long, like, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, mm, no. Hubby starts company with the permission. You know, like, it's yeah. just like going on and it's on. It's a mad lib. Here's some interesting facts from the article that I read, because uh, I did read it. It mentions that uh, Sandy and Kirsten have been married for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it mentions the Swamp Rose. In, Say what a swamp rose ca- is. No, but it does mention that it is endangered and that it lives there in capital letters. And halfway through the article, it starts repeating text from the beginning of the article. The, the last column is literally the first column <laughs> re-copied and pasted. Oh, that's so good. It's a very good article. Um, and then Highly that, recommended. That scene ends with them, um, you know, the whole neighborhood knows that we're fighting, slams door. At least they got the story straight, you know. Meanwhile, apparently Ryan just can't stop having people entering his room and reading the paper. Seth is now in there uh, doing his morning ritual. To me, this is kind of where we start getting prime Seth Cohen, right? When he starts the, like, I feel like we never get a chance to talk anymore. Like, who are you, dude? It's just like, <laughs> we, we ate dinner last night together. He does, like, Ryan voice, we had dinner 12 hours ago. <laughs> it's just very... Lighten up, dude. And then Ryan tells him, I saw Marissa and Luke, and it appeared that they were getting back together, and Luke was crying. It's pretty interesting how much toxic masculinity stuff is is going on, like in this whole show, I suppose. But like mm-hmm. particularly the like he was crying, like Seth's yeah. kind of reaction. Ryan actually was kind of cool about it. Like he just mentioned it like 
that's how intense it got, seemed like his point. But then Seth kind of is is trying to play off a little bit. Then again, this is the guy who has bullied him. Has called him queer. It's true. At his in his own Maybe home. The, yeah, the joke is the juxtaposition from yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to begrudge Seth any any opportunity to take a dig at this but, asshole. But overall, you're right. There's yeah. a lot more of just like, and it oh happens, yeah, and that was cool. And it happens a little bit later, too. There's some parallelism with uh, Seth's advice to uh, Ryan being, hey, just trust her to tell you if anything's happening. And then Summer telling Marissa, you don't need to tell him anything. What doesn't What he doesn't know won't hurt you. That, that the, took me the a Kirsten while. The Kirsten Cohen story. Sorry, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> colon, I kissed Jimmy Cooper. Here's the thing. She says that to her. Then we're at the locker. Ryan comes over to her. They have this like very playing the game conversation with each other where she's not telling him the full story. He's not telling her the full story. I um, thought Ryan was being more of a dick than him. Oh, and, absolutely. And he was. And there's another reason behind this, which was her saying, I tried calling you last night. He's fucking screening her calls. That's not a good look. This happens later on in the episode two where he keeps screening her calls. Like she's probably trying to reach out to him and he's just like not answering the phone. And I get it. Like he's maybe a little bit hurt, but he couldn't even fucking text her last night or answer the phone last night and be like, sorry, I got a bunch of homework to do. It's just obnoxiously one of those things where it's like when you watch a movie from a while back and you're like, God, if they only had a cell phone, this whole movie wouldn't have happened. <laughs> they like, do have cell phones. No, 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 like, but like in this case, it's like, yeah, if you would only just literally ask her what happened in the conversation that you saw, it, it's not even inappropriate to say yeah. that. It's not even inappropriate to be like, hey, I was walking by after soccer practice and I saw this thing go down there's so many ways where like and he just keeps digging himself like more of a dick hold like yeah i don't know it's not a good look uh it's a weird convo it leaves on a weird note and cut to dissection time summer does the thing where like i think she's actually genuinely interested in dissection and then realizes that that's not what a hot girl does and then goes i mean you and i was like god damn it I actually thought that was really funny. It was very funny. I laughed so hard. It is, but I was just like, ugh. They keep making it more and more apparent that she's always just kind of playing a cover as like this ditzy girl. Yeah. It's like a scene enter on her like touching a frog's abdomen going, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then the scene it keeps panning, and then Seth Cohen enters the frame, and she goes, "I mean, ew." But but that is her like she's playing the game to try and get him to like do this with her because she's playing the game very well. Because like she is trying to get she's trying to get him to be her lab partner. She just wants to like she likes the attention. She wants to no, she wants to do this with him. Yeah, I would have loved a scene where the two of them dissect a frog together. But that, you won't get it. You know why? <laughs> Because Alpha. Alpha Stern. Alpha Alpha Stern enters the picture and flexes her huge ass muscles. Is she she wearing that green sweater in this scene? I think so. Maybe? I think she's like one of the only people that can pull off a green ass green. Hey, she's, look, if I didn't pay attention, it was only because she was verbal wildfire. Because, uh, (laughs) because literally Seth is like, oh yeah, I can help you. I got the hands of a surgeon. And then Alpha Stern comes into the picture and she's like, hey, uh, he actually agreed to be my partner. Isn't that right, Seth? And it's like, woo, that's yeah. a move, man. Yeah, it's great. And then she's like, watch this. And then they walk over to the frog and she like, sexy voice. She's like, scalpel. With her <laughs> hand over to the side, not looking at Seth, staring at Summer. Seth is like, and then it's like, I think we're going straight for the heart. Yes. Oh, God. It's just, yeah, guns blazing. Ah, she's amazing. Oh. Cut to 
here's a question for you. What's Rachel doing? Because we get another scene of Sandy and Rachel, and uh, Rachel gives us the line at the end, which is the, if your marriage can't survive this, what kind of marriage is it? Oh, Way two, out of line. Two things. One, out of line. Two, very good line because she knows exactly who she's talking to. Again, right? playing it. For the love of God, Sandy, call HR. <laughs> But I, I don't. I've never really liked Rachel, and I wonder. Oh, this, I love Rachel. This is the first episode of the OC that I ever saw, and I wonder mm, if that's why. Yeah, because she's kind of. She's definitely black hatting here. Like I'm, I'm um, not a fan. Like, and it's like not. You like that one, Mark? <laughs> black hat Rachel, man. That's absolutely her name, though. Cut to soccer practice. We get a cut over to Luke and Marissa, who are kind of giggling to each other on the sidelines because he's trying to say, hey, that was weird yesterday. I haven't cried this hard since my girl. Has no, anyone seen my says, girl? He says, yeah. I haven't cried since Macaulay Culkin dies at the end of my girl, which is not when he dies. When does he die? His character dies, and then like shit happens after that. He makes it sound like it's like, the pinnacle. Yeah, like at the, the end of the movie when he dies. One part of that movie I remember is watching the funeral scene where she's like, he can't see without his glasses. He can't see without his glasses. Yeah. Oh, that that's movie already heartbreaking. Oh, that God. movie oh, God. is. That would make me cry. When I was like six or seven, I'm like, the kid died in this movie? I was yeah, very they, perplexed. They allow children to die in the I'm world? Like, I also, he, you know how he dies? He dies because he's allergic to bees and he gets swarmed by bees. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we, we got that part. <laughs> uh, what what I actually gained from this scene too was Luke like walks over to the coach because the coach is like, Ward, get your butt over here. And he walks over and he says, sorry coach, taping up my ankle. So here's the thing. He has now said out loud that his ankle is bad. Ryan has now heard this, which makes Ryan's next move even more malicious. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is one thing to do an ill-timed tackle on somebody during a practice, but he hears that he has a bad ankle and he goes right for the ankle. Like, it is crazy. We cut to an awkward, quiet dinner at the Cohen household. The Cohen <laughs> oh, this is such a, such a good scene. Uh, because it's Seth is the only one whose life is good right now and is just like, so uh, Ryan, how about the, oh. How about soccer? Oh, how's, how's your work? new job? Yeah. Oh. Mom, how's it? And she just is like, no. <laughs> Shuts him down. One more time, Marissa enters the pool house, right? She enters the pool house and is like, what the fuck was that? Here's the thing. She doesn't go over to the pool house unless she's tried calling him. Guarantee you he's screening her calls. And I get it. You're you're pissed off. You're hurt. You're whatever. You think you know what's happening. But like, you can't send a text or something. I will say, all of my bad habits and relationships in high school, I think were completely based on Ryan. And I'm <laughs> so oh, sorry. No. I'm so sorry. Like my not texting people back on time, my avoiding people's calls on purpose, like it's all there. So she does the, you know, what what the fuck was that? And he says, He beat me to the ball. It was a clean tackle. Two things. One, the drill started out with him having the ball. He didn't beat you anywhere. He had the ball. That's bullshit. Two, wasn't a clean tackle. You were behind him. The whole thing is bullshit. And she even calls him on it. Why are you lying to me? Here are three lines in a row that uh, literally I, I drew a broken heart. Why are you lying to me? You're as bad as he is. It has nothing to do with me. And those three lines, every single time one of those things got said, my heart just goes, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It was like somebody hitting you, like a, like, repeatedly in the gut and mm-hmm. it's just because you love them but you're thinking like right now finally all the barriers yeah are out of the way are done. Like, and the turns out the biggest barriers are themselves oh, and then at the end real. of that you get the this just isn't going to happen no it's not <laughs> and then your heart falls into a million pieces here's the question I have for everyone why does everyone keep reading the paper in Ryan's room while he's in the bathroom <laughs> Ryan comes out of the bathroom again this time Sandy's reading the paper in a chair drinking coffee 
This is the problem with your room being a public area. Yeah, I think I would be a little perturbed as Ryan was by that situation. Yeah, yeah, but also by a lock. Marissa has now walked in in this episode. Sandy walks in in this episode. Uh, Seth, Luke, was, just Seth was just there. Yeah, Ryan has not lived there long enough to be able to build up the confidence to be be like, get the fuck out of my room. Knock. Sandy does some great a fathering though. Oh yeah, like this is like Sandy Fathersville, and it's very good fathering. Like it's, it's solid, really good. Yeah. Because like Ryan is ready to just dismiss him like he has every other male figure in his life because every other male figure in his life has sucked. And he's like, whatever. And he's like, no, you're going to listen to me because we need to talk about this. And then the we're always one mistake away from someone taking you from us. And that's when you could actually see teenage brain process thing. And yeah. you're like, oh. like He hasn't really looked at Sandy this whole time. And he kind of does like a, like a head crane thing. <laughs> and he's like processing it. And he's like, he puts his head down. He's like, ah. And then he like looks up. At Sandy with like the biggest puppy dog eyes, and it's like actually really adorable. Yeah. And then there was a scene where I just literally wrote, This show is so good. So I don't know what that scene was. Uh, it was all leading up to the wine makeup scene. Oh, yeah. Between Sandy and Kirsten. Um, mm-hmm. Sandy coming in kind of late from work again, this time with flowers. Kirsten enjoying a, a glass of wine at the pool or in the hot tub portion of the pool. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> Sandy's always got to be a dick. I was going to bring you a bouquet of swamp roses, but apparently they're endangered. <laughs> but apparently she's chill with it because she says the, I couldn't be married to a man who wasn't a man, which I'm actually kind of confused about as a statement. Yeah. I didn't really get that either. And then he's like, I'm all man. I'm all man. Which, and like this whole time there's sexy time music playing. hundred percent. Which is weird. And then she says the, there's a reason we're together. They start kissing. It's your typical uh, Sandy Kirsten wine moment. Uh, that, <laughs> for once, though, gets interrupted by outside forces in the form of cell phone calls. Cute little bookend. So Anna and Seth are playing skee-ball. Maybe they should have made that longer. because Well, we're at the carnival. Yeah, we're at Woo! the carnival. Which apparently was planned in like a week, Which, despite yes. it being like a, a legit-ass carnival. Although I'm going to guess that most of the things that they are there are things they've like hired every year. And so I'm guessing... Guessing like all the companies that provide them are yeah, just like, like anticipating like the call. They're gonna book them yeah. for yeah. next year. At they're the end already of the ready to like. So, just quick question. Yes, is this to celebrate the beginning of the school year? Yes, yeah. they yeah. reference kickoff carnival. Kickoff kick carnival. Okay. As if they need a reason to party, Dan. But I hear you. Yeah. Um. So they're playing skee ball. Let's Seth put is, on a small state fair. Seth <laughs> is a skee ball master, apparently. Um, and is trying to guide Anna Stern, Alpha Stern, sorry, in the ways of. We can the, call her you know. Avril Stern for uh, this scene. <laughs> no, but but that's her really she'll, she'll earn that. But her throw is fucking alpha, and that's why you got to give props because yeah. she she immediately throws her first ball right into the what ten thousand point hole. It's a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand point hole. That's it's buttery hotness. She hits that that hundred thousand point shot, and then Seth says, "Clearly, you're yeah, a lesbian." Clearly, he like waits. He's like, "Clearly, you're a lesbian." <laughs> And like her face is like what? <laughs> because really that was sense. my reaction. So like, what is that? What did that mean? Like, I, I guess like for me that was a line that really aged poorly because I didn't really understand what it meant. I maybe. think it. I think it's like sporty girl. Okay, yeah. but but it's not sporty enough for it to really make no, sense. No, or is he like you're literally too perfect? There must be a reason. That would be a maybe, but he is, doesn't. Is that see reading? Her maybe like Seth doesn't know what a lesbian is. I, mean, I think. I think that's, I actually that's yeah. the that's most logical the most reason. <laughs> that's the most logical thing. Great. So here's the thing. So Seth leaves for a moment. 
Ryan and Anna banter is always the I best. I love when they, they have a good Every banter. single time they banter together, whether it was at Cotillion or now, it's very good. Like, they have chemistry, but not in, like, a sexual way. It's, it's in that, like, we're both not from here way, where, like, we can talk about all the we're, things that they can't talk we're about. We're not so different, you and I. Yeah, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> that's, it's, nope. Pittsburgh. Not taking it back. The, uh, the Chino of Pennsylvania. The Chino of Pennsylvania. <laughs> God. And it's very good. And they both have these moments with each other where they're kind of critical of the other one where, you know, she she does the whole like, you know, he's like, well, why are you helping him? You know, and he gives her the look and she's like, look, Seth doesn't see me that way. Which again means that like, look, she has a crush on him, but she's, I think, started to relegate herself to the idea that like, He's not going to give up on this summer girl, whatever. I'm okay just being me. Like, I'm okay being like the friend over here. The lab partner. But again, he asks her, like, he asks her, like, why are you okay with that? And that's a good question. It is. Like, and it makes her think for a second. And then, just to save her ass, we hear Marissa's voice. He looks over and then she does the, you know, because he says to her, guys want to be chased by girls who aren't into them. And And Anna's like, oh, I just said that. And then, but then she says, Girls like to be chased too, like you know, and yeah. go after her. You can definitely tell that Ryan like cracked her a little bit because mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's kind of taken aback. We get Ryan trying to intercept Marissa. He hears Marissa is going over to the Ferris wheel. Now is his chance. And just as in every fucking scene in the whole show, Luke is in the way. Uh, <laughs> this is fucking great, though. What's about to happen? So Ryan talking to Luke gives him. He says, "I'm sorry," even though he had just talked to. Seth about why he didn't deserve it. Like Seth's like that crying man baby, which again, toxic masculinity. He says sorry anyway. Luke doesn't give him anything. And then he looks at him for a second and then just kind of like walks past him. <laughs> no, but I think What's your theory? I mean, I think that's a really good base read of that, but I think he was saying sorry. There had this eye contact. Ryan's looking at Luke. Luke is still looking at Ryan. Ryan breaks that to look at Marissa and then kind of shoulders right past Luke and and then it zooms in on Luke's face where he's like sad. I think I think it was like a, a total like out of my way type yeah. thing. Ryan is beating was, Luke to the ball. Well, it was and, assertive. And not just that, this is Ryan trying to claim this episode. He's just like, okay, moves past him, cuts in line, pushes Summer out of the way. <laughs> His last second cuts into the Ferris wheel. He's afraid of heights. Marissa does the, aren't you afraid of heights? He's like, yep. Summer does the, again, Summer's such a good friend in this whole thing. She's just like, I'm not getting involved. Like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> And uh, well, because because Summer can tell that if she stays, there are three of them on this, <laughs> or like <laughs> he's just gonna stand there until they're done. So Summer literally just doesn't have time for this. Yeah, she's she's like, like, I don't. Bye. Maybe Summer's scared of heights. Right. He's like, why is the first wheel stopped? So I get that like Alpha Stern has like has like, bribed a carny, has bribed a carny <laughs> with with probably like tobacco or something. Like I'm assuming it's not like money. But does Ryan know how Ferris wheels work? Because Ferris wheels stop all the time. Probably to, not, because he's afraid of heights. To so he's pick never up been and on let down one. people. And he's like, what, what's wrong with oh, we're second hey. rate Ferris wheel company? As or, someone who gets the Ferris wheel fear of heights, that goes through my head. And I usually say it every time it stops. Yeah. So I mean, broken. I know I know it's not broken, but you need to no, say it my, so then it's out comment, there. My comment wasn't on him. My comment was on Marissa for not just going, this is what they do. It's like, normal. just letting him live with that fear for a moment. I guess she's pissed at him, so it makes sense. We go back down. He kind of deserves it. <laughs> Alpha Stern, hey, Seth, I've got something I want to say to you. God, it's such a good line. Like, I guess, what, what is it? And then 
She kisses him and kisses him deeply for a moment. And you're like, okay. It's a really good kiss. It's a solid kiss for one of the parties not really being into it at all. It's also like by far the most alpha kiss we've seen in the show. Oh, 100%. And it's just like, it's like the complete opposite contrast to what's happening on the Ferris wheel. Like Everybody's this like, playing games and Alpha Stern is just like, no. I mean, she's still playing a game. Well, but but in this moment, she's just like, hey, what does she say? Like, I have something to say to you. I have something to say to you. And, and it just happens. And you're not expecting it. And it it's fucking awesome. It's I very love good. it. She feels some type of way about it. Summer feels some type of way about it. Because we see her like kind of holding cotton candy <laughs> and scowling. And Seth, like an idiot. Seth has no feelings about it. And in <sighs> fact, is like, oh, is this a part of the game? Like, are we still playing Jenga? <laughs> Seth is about to leave and uh, go pursue Summer. He gets permission from uh, Alpha Stern first. Yeah, he's um, like, Oh God! You know, go, oh, is, can, do I go? And she's, she's, like, she's so God. beautiful. Yeah, and, and so deflated. And this is yeah. yes, this is the the time where she goes beta, and it's just like okay, she kind of sinks into it. Like this is okay. I guess this is where we are. But then Seth comes back and is like, "Hey, I actually forgot to. I was holding this sock puppet monkey this whole time. Like the sock monkey. Here you are. I won this for you. Question for you. Odds are she keeps keeps this for life. One hundred percent." I was like, she's going to keep it until she decides she hates Seth and then she burns it. I think she's going to keep it, but not necessarily because of the Seth thing. She just seems like a, a sock, sock monkey, monkey kind of yeah, gal. 100%. Like her quirky thing yeah. that she collects. So. She definitely um, wears a lot of Paul Frank. <laughs> yeah. Seth walks out definitely. Right? Yes. She's got Paul Frank socks over on that. right now. That's, a very, um, that's a very good point. Seth walks over to Summer and Seth is in full alpha Seth mode all of a sudden. Yeah. It's like maybe, he took it from her in the kiss. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> Oh my God, that's <laughs> it. Like, her like, Force, just like a fucking like dementor. Ghostbusters and goo. Yeah, it's just right yeah. up in there. And he he just literally goes over there, grabs a clump of her cotton candy, which again, uh, Curbs, if somebody grabbed a clump of your cotton candy, what would you do? I would probably hit them. Yeah, you probably would hit them. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I would probably would too. Yeah. I'm an only child. They try to take my food. I hit them repeatedly like, until get they get your own back. fucking cotton yeah. candy and give me another one. But while you're she's, at it. again, Summer's kind of in a weak point, which is not a place she's used to being, right? She's, she's shook. She's used to having the upper hand. She she's shook. shook. She has no comments. He grabs the cotton candy. So, uh, what you doing? And then she's like, well, you know, she's stuck up there. So I was looking for somebody to go in the tilt world with. And he's like, I'll go with you. Like he's just like very cool guy Seth all of a sudden. And, and she's I hate like, it. And she she tries to do like that. I'm like, probably gonna vomit on you. He goes, I like the mods. Munching on her cotton candy it's right in cute. her face. We cut to the top of the Ferris wheel, which still has not moved. At this point, this is when he could absolutely start getting scared. And she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck because she's so still kind she's, of she still wants to die. She's still pissed at him a little bit too. And he he gets vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. He does the look. I don't trust people. That's just not a thing he does, right? And but I trust you. All of this with his eyes closed. All of this with his way. eyes closed. And you, there's a moment where you can see her start to almost laugh because, like, him doing this thing with his eyes closed is genuinely funny. Yeah. Um. And he does like the and Misha Barton, not a great actress. <laughs> no, yeah. <she's, laughs> but, but she is like really selling this moment where like you can tell like just by the fact that he like ran and was like, no, we're doing this. Yeah. He's won her back. Yeah, wins her over. And again, he's he's honest. He's vulnerable. He says, "I trust you. I want to make it work." He he's still scared, and she's like, "Do you, you need something to take your mind off it?" And he's like, "What could possibly take my mind?" <laughs> kiss, and then it's like kiss, and the music timing is fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the like the acoustic dang 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 dang, and you're just yeah. like, "Oh god!" And he, you can tell the the coolest thing to me is like he does something you don't do during kissing, which is he opens his eyes purely wide. Here's the thing. 
because he is in shock and his eyes open and he's getting kissed and then closes them as he he goes okay. There's also like this happened like two and a half minutes maximum after the Anna kiss. It's just like two great kisses. Kisses right yeah. in a row, and, and again they 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 pack similar punches. And again, like we talked about, they they've been teasing us though with this Ryan Marissa kiss for a very long time. Yeah. And early in this episode, if you would have asked me the first time I saw it, are they going to kiss after she went in the pool house and they said this is never going to happen? You're like, well, there's I would have another- said, well, there's another like eight episodes yeah, for the kiss, and <laughs> just like the OC does, they just. Pack it right in, and uh, they have their first kiss, and uh, they get the the Ferris wheel starts moving. They get to the bottom, and he's like, "I don't care about the line. We're we're going again." Like, Do you think the operator was just waiting? He was like, "Well, I'm just gonna wait until they start making out," like, and then watching. that's the cutest thing. Yeah, yeah. like, Alpha Stern was like, "You it really starts moving. You Aaron. stay out there until they kiss." <laughs> yeah, here's here's a ten pound bag of tobacco. Just hands it to him, and is like, "All right, again." He gets fired because they stay up there for two hours. <laughs> it's it's fifty. It's not just tobacco. It's chewing tobacco, and uh, yeah, and then takes it one more one more round. Get yeah, the lovely out lovely pan out. out with the music. Ah, oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's very good. Great episode. It's so good. such a good what episode. An episode. It's oh. it's such a build up to that moment. Like mm-hmm. the entire. From the moment they meet yeah. in the, the driveway, in you're the like, driveway, you want them to kiss. Yes. I wanted them to kiss in the first scene because they do the cigarette thing, right? Because he yeah. lights her cigarette with his. Whoever and you're like, you want me to be. Oh, whoever you want me to be. <laughs> and, they, and they fucking earned it. Like, they, they really, really did. Yeah, A they, lot has happened since they that first it. meeting. Can I start with uh, who? Go, go for it because I have no goddamn clue. I have scores, but I want to hear what you think. I had. Two sort of defenses prepared. The first one is obviously Anna Stern, Alpha Stern. And that was my first reaction, obviously, and I knew that going in, and I knew that I... So did we all, but it's not a bad thing. I I think she's fucking great in this episode. I think she's so good. She's controlling. She's still so cool. Like, I can't get over how cool she is and how much I wanted and still want to be her in, like, every situation. I'm trying to channel that energy. Yeah. Yeah, just be just be able to just say sit. Yeah, but I also know that, <laughs> and then he does it. I give her a lot of bias, and at the end, she did lose. She didn't do the right thing. No. Her character, she kind of she, she got shook. She got she got let go a bit. The second person I would put in the running is Sandy because I think he has a lot of great moments. He's got dadable moments. Dadable moments. I think watching him interact with Kirsten and with Rachel and just like kind of getting his job more actual like interesting time on the show is pretty interesting. I don't know. Um, those are my those are my two cents. My only gripe with Alpha Stern and I like, again, if you actually look at my scoring, I think she actually came out first. Is that it feels a little bit like Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor for Silence of the Lambs. Where like it's somebody who's in the show for a grand total of like eight minutes. We don't see the Anna Stern household. You know what I mean? We don't go into her world really. Like we're watching her orchestrate things in somebody else's world. And so that's the only piece for me. It's like you know, when I'm thinking about the belt, I'm thinking about who won the episode. Like, you're right, she had so many moments. And the only part of me that is reluctant about it is the part where it's like, again, as a supporting actor, she's definitely would win that Oscar. But to me, it's like, do I trust her to have won the belt for the whole but, episode? Mark, I think you're totally right. But who else? Sandy is interesting because it does feel like he's kind of being led around by the nose by Rachel for a lot of it. Like she's playing him, but he also like she's playing him because she's putting out there. This is what you want. 
you want she's darkness in so many ways you want to sue the shit out of your father-in-law you want to do that to save the swamp rose and the fact that he's able to do that and like pretty much skirt his like marital responsibility to like give out informed consent to his wife and at the end of it he just dadded the fuck out of this episode he owned his own son and then really gave some good advice. I don't think he actually really had to do much to make Kirsten not mad at him. Yeah, that yeah. Was, he walked up to her and was like, I'm taking the case. And she was already like, I know you are. That was I'm more of a her. Yeah. yeah I, what about Marissa? I, that was my argument. She starts out kind of weak. She's easily swayed by everyone. Ryan's like, yeah, quit this. And she's like, okay. And then Dr. Kim is like, no, do this. And she's like, okay. But then like she stands up for herself to Luke. I don't know. And then to Ryan. It, she, so my argument is, is I think Marissa's up there for it. And I think the reason she's up there for it is because she actually is trying. Like, she's trying to make this work. I don't think I can get behind this. I feel like it's like all your arguments are valid, but it's like slow and steady doesn't win the race. In the title belt, I don't think. I think if you're the punchiest alpha character, that has to weigh way more over like someone who is tolerant of her shitty ex-boyfriend. <laughs> what is more alpha than 10 episodes in lunging into the kiss on the top of a 100,000 points in skee-ball. I'm sold. No, I'm giving it, obviously I'm giving it to Aniston. She yeah. had the most points for me in my thing. I think Marissa was a compelling They were case. my top two, so uh, yeah. I I really, again, I pulled for Ryan, but he just did a few things in this episode that were like gross and unforgivable for mm-hmm. me. But goddamn. But goddamn. That's yeah. a really good kiss. It is a good kiss. Championship belt. Alpha Stern. There Alpha you go. Did she, win, That's the, did she two. win the other That's one? That's two. Yeah, she did. Two she's, she's been in two episodes and has won two belts. And in between getting those two belts, she sailed to DVD. So let's go to quote of the episode. It's weird, but Jimmy Cooper saying, I think this year it's going to be a little different is like... Pretty yeah. solid because that's like pretty much where it is. Uh, people are always going to talk. Might as well give them something to talk about is a pretty good one. Um, is that Dr. Kim? Yeah, yeah, I really like school might not suck this year. Uh, I, I do really like that. Because um, it's a pretty good one for this one. Wait, the, Marissa, Marissa's, Cooper. Marissa Cooper's line I think needs to win though, which is that you know what yeah. the worst part is? Yeah. If I hadn't caught you, I'd still love you too. Oh yeah. Bang, yeah. Bang, yeah. Bang, yeah. Bang, one bang. one bang. of these days, a funny line is going to win quote of the episode and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it might coincide but until with then, Seth winning an episode. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. And it'll come. Yeah, it needs to but, be. Yeah, it needs to be. Seth, Seth needs to win the belt for that to be a reality. I mean, we could try to give it to Summer for sailing is like sewn up the fastest way to get any. <laughs> Anywhere because that's a great fucking line. Right, but it's honor- not actually good. Yeah. I feel like there's always an honorable mention. Yeah, no, but the, there's always an honorable comedic mention. Hey, Curbs. Yeah. You know what I'm in the mood for? What? Some wine <laughs> and the facts. <laughs> you want to have one of those two things? Damn. <laughs> Just the wine. Oh, hell yeah. No, Curves, just the wine. Curves. So this episode first aired on November 5th, and they did a full run of episodes in November, so I'm doing it back to week by week, so there's a little bit less. Sweet. Um, I'm just going to focus on a couple of really funny things that I found, which is apparently there were a bunch of buglers that joined a group called Bugles Across America. (laughs) 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 This was... This was in response to the army authorizing alternative methods for playing taps at, mil- <laughs> <laughs> at military funerals and events. 
<laughs> including recordings, and it made them really angry. Wait, so like they could replace the buglers with like a, a guy and a Casio keyboard, <laughs> or a and they were of a bugler. Yeah. and they were so upset. That that you're telling me like, the, the buglers formed a union called yeah. Buglers Across America. That is what I'm telling you. All right. Also, a guy in London um, sat on top of a crane for six days dressed as Spider Man to demonstrate for the rights of divorced fathers. Father's rights, Spider-Man. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. It was Jimmy Cooper. French toast, French toast. (laughs) He he flew to the UK with a Spider-Man suit and sat on a crane. The musical Wicked opened on Broadway. Hey. And the movie Elf came out. Um, oh hell yeah! Two two important. I love Elf. Two important yes. pieces of culture. Yeah. Um, and then so on October thirty first was when Bethany Bethany Hamilton she was the surfer who lost her arm in a shark attack. I That's when that this. happened. And I wanted to bring this up because earlier this year was when Aaron Ralston had to cut his arm off when he got stuck in that boulder. One hundred twenty seven hours. Both of these people have had movies made about them. Movies made about them, and both of the movies came out in two thousand eleven. It's <sighs> very weird. Just. Yeah. Just the facts. And I like yeah. those facts. I like... I mean, Sandy, you know? I like how many arms we lost yeah. that year. <laughs> yeah. How many arms and bugle jobs we lost? <laughs> two, two more things. Um, the actress who plays Rachel, Bonnie Somerville, is also a singer, and she had a song on the Garden State soundtrack. What? Wait, no what? way. Yeah. She had the most indie <laughs> soundtrack yeah. on her resume. God, yeah. Of course, um, Josh Schwartz was like... It's called I Winding Road one. is the song. Okay, I'll have to listen. Yeah, to that. well, yeah. I haven't listened to that since I was an angsty teen. But yeah, and it's yeah, it's the angsty teen starter kit. Yeah, album. Also, in searching, just I was looking on like Vulture just for anything they had about the OC for future use. Um, there's a Turkish version of the OC. Wait, as in it's dubbed into Turkish? No, no as no, in no, they no. reef, they reef. Their, yes, <laughs> there's a it's a cast, oh, and apparently, apparently, it's even more melodramatic than our OC. Home. So they, they, I'm guessing they bought the rights from Josh Schwartz. Um, I'm not sure. Or was it an unofficial Sh- direct? No video one seems mad about it. It's Josh? not called the OC. It's called Medsizir, which translates as the Tide. Oh my god, that's a really good name. Turkish the OC. Only, the Tide Pod. That's it's filmed Turkish in OC a, is my Tide Pod. Oh my god, it's filmed in Tuzla, which is a high end suburb of Istanbul. Uh, and apparently, instead of welcome to the OC bitch, what he says translates roughly as welcome among us dead meat. <laughs> okay, we're, n- stop reading his facts about this. We're going to watch it at some point together. Yeah, yeah we, we don't watch the OC together, but we will watch the Tide and we will yeah. watch it together. Um, but so. can I just say that Turkish OC is my favorite strain of weed? <laughs> <laughs> My sorry, so the joke the joke was in me and it needed to come out. My name is Mark and I love the OC. Uh my name's Maya and I really, really love Alpha Stern as she is featured on the OC. My name is Curbs and I love the OC. My name is Dan and I love the OC, and we hope that you love the OC too. Yeah.